I'm in full-blown, dirty, sweaty, I just got back from the gym mode. And that's perfect because today on the show, I talk with my friend, Elle Sanderson. She, you guys, she survived a horrific, uh, horrific, not plane crash, horrific car crash. She shouldn't be here. She's a teenage mom. She's a military spouse. She has four children. She has a special needs child. She's a volunteer firefighter. She's a full-time student. She's an author and a small business owner. And she is incredible. And Elle is going to be presenting at our upcoming virtual summit. And she's been part of our Hike Like a Woman community for a long time, probably like since our very early beginnings a decade ago. And I'm excited to reintroduce her back to our community because she's been doing really incredible things to make sure that uh, trails are accessible to everyone and also to just help out um, other busy moms and other professional with women. So I'm going to just let you enjoy my conversation with Elle. And if you want to learn more about how you can uh, enjoy her entire presentation at our upcoming virtual summit, please head to our website, hikelikewoman.com. You can find all of the details on our website. Registration is open and the summit itself is May 8th through the 12th. But if you're listening to this after the summit is over. Guess what? You can still listen and enjoy and enjoy all of the presentations until October 1st, 2024. So thanks so much. Enjoy my conversation. So we're buddies. It feels <laughs> weird to have this conversation uh, with a computer when we're 45 minutes away from each other. And I know. Lot. But um, <laughs> I'm excited Elle, to reintroduce you back to the Hike Like a Woman community. You're a huge part of it a long time ago when we had ambassadors. Um, and your story is super, super inspiring. And you shouldn't, A, be alive. And B, you shouldn't be thriving. Uh, you've beaten the odds with everything. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your history and your background and um, how you um, have overcome some challenges in your life? Yeah. Maybe so back to high school. Okay. So a long time ago, 20 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago, um, gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, I was 14 and I was in a car with my parents on the way home from church for youth mm -hmm. when my mom's car was struck at 70 miles an hour by a drunk driver as we were turning through a stoplight. So we were turning and my mom had to been going maybe 30 at the max and the drunk driver um, hit us at 70 miles per hour and T-boned my mom's Cadillac. She was driving, the, the drunk driver was driving a little bitty two-door Dodge Intrepid, like a coupe, little sport yeah. car. And she totaled my mom's 1999 Cadillac Sedan DeVille, four-door boat. Oh, whoa. Total it. Uh, I was sitting between my sister and then my dad's a guitar player. So my dad's cordless guitar amp and I was in the mm -hmm. middle of the back seat mm -hmm. and the car door hit my sister. It pushed her into me, her pushing into me, ricocheted me off of my dad's cordless guitar amp. And I hit my left side of my head and then I went back over and her I guess her elbow or something like something grabbed all of my ribs 
So all of my right ribs were either fractured or broken. Uh, And then when my head ricocheted back and forth, it caused a TBI and I did have bleeding and they did several MRIs and tried to decide if they needed to drill to release the pressure from the blood or if I was, it was going to resolve itself. I was in a coma for two weeks. When I came out of a coma, my leg was, my femur was broken. So my leg was up in a, they call it attraction. So that a pen through my knee. And I actually do remember that even though I was in a coma, I remember oh. them talking me through put, putting the pen through my knee because they could not sedate me because I was already, I don't know. They're like, this may pinch just a little bit. And I do remember that. And it was the weirdest feeling them putting the pen through my knee. Uh-huh. And then I woke up a week later and my, my leg was up in traction. I remember trying to pull it out. So I actually have a scar on the inside of my right knee where I tore it from the traction pin trying to pull my leg out. Yeah. Then after I woke up, I had to go through speech therapy because I could not articulate and I couldn't separate and then I also couldn't, those little conjunctions and the, those pieces yep. and sentences, I didn't know where they went. I didn't know how to formulate a sentence. They called it, um, like it's, it's a form of a apraxia, but it's because you had a brain injury. So I had to learn how to talk and com- communicate again. And when I'm really stressed out, you can still tell that to this day (laughs) because I will completely blank on what I'm saying or I will uh, stutter over my words and try to connect. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just hide it. I'll have to remind myself, just take a second because I will, it will stress me out and then it'll, I kind of get into this like repeated stress Mm -hmm. and then I can't get my words out. So yeah. Still to this day that affects me, but I had to also learn how to walk. Mm-hmm. But I had a rod in my leg. So uh the rods that I had were titanium. So they went from my kneecap to mm-hmm. the top of my hip. They stuck mm-hmm. out of my hip about this much and they dug into the fascia into the top of my hip. So I have a huge dip of where my IT band and all that fascia was damaged. So it looks like I have a dimple there. So relearned how to walk and talk and then became, you know, a rambunctious um, teenager. I remember my mom grounding me for like months at a time because I would not stay inside Uh and I would not stay off of bikes and I would not do what I was supposed to do. So my mom was literally grab me for like three months at a time and be like, you can't go anywhere. It did oh, not no. stop me. She'd oh, come no. home. She'd be like, where were you at? And I'll be like, I was in the woods walking on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to get in trouble because I was seeking that outside, um, being outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was, that was what, honestly, that's what healed me during that time is being outside. So that's where that started. Yeah. There's, but there's more to the story because then you became a, you got pregnant, became mm-hmm. a teenage mother. Then you married 
uh, a man serving in the military. So now you're an Air Force wife and you Mm -hmm. have four children and one of those children is special needs. And you're also a small business owner and a full-time student. That's true. That is true. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Life's an adventure. And if, if you, I don't know, like you can choose to either let it just roll by or you can jump on the wagon. Yes. Um, you didn't just jump on the wagon. You put like all of your body on the wagon. Like, yeah, I just like, I'm buckled up. I'm ready for this roller coaster of a ride. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned your bike and getting outside and there is, um, that is difficult with four children. It's difficult to get outside plus a special needs Mm -hmm. child on top of it who you don't, you don't know how he's limited mobility. Like there's a lot of difficulty standing in your way. It would be so easy for you to just sit at home all day, every day and not do anything, but you make a deliberate effort to get outside with your family. Why is that important? So I know that when I went through the car accident and even before that, being mm-hmm. outside was really important to me, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. It really was my fortress. It's where I would go to problem solve. It's where I would go to discover myself. I just, mm-hmm. being outside was so important for me, for my more of my mental health than anything. But yeah. my children deal with a lot. And I have a lot on my plate and, and yes, I pile some of that on, but the, it's not like I can't manage that if I, if I don't try, Mm -hmm. if I don't get outside, that Mm -hmm. will really start to wear on me. It starts to wear on my kids. It starts to Mm -hmm. wear, um, if there's no walls for them to bounce off of, (laughs) So it's it's really important to me that they're outside where there's yeah. no walls, right? Mm-hmm. So, and for my kiddo who's special needs, mm-hmm. that outdoor experience, that sensory input, he can mm-hmm. never get that from anything inside. Yeah. So I discovered when he was really young how important it was. And this is when I found Hike Like a Woman is I was pregnant at the time mm-hmm. and I was carrying him on my back because he was not walking yet and mm-hmm. he was about 18 months old and and mm-hmm. I remember the backlash that I got from social media because I was 36 weeks pregnant and I had a kid in a carrier on yeah. my back yeah and I was like there has to be a community out there mm-hmm. like and so that's why I found Hike Like a Woman, but I think I actually found you through your first page, Just Trails, but then it like yeah. linked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I went through like this web of like, oh my gosh, there's somebody out there like me. So yeah, I, yeah. I just knew at that point that it was so important for him to be outside, regardless yeah. of what our circumstances were. Yeah. Yeah. Because how and uh, you wrote a blog post for us once a long time ago. I wish we still had access to the post, but you talk you told a story about 
uh, your child looking outside or going out the back door or something. Can you just tell us about that experience? Yeah. So I wrote the very first blog post that I wrote for Hike Like a Woman. I was not an ambassador yet. I was um, a contributor, I think is what they were called. So I I submitted this blog post and it was called A Breath of Fresh Air. Mm -hmm. And what it was about is my kiddo was about, I think he was 23. He was about two years and some change, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm not yeah. going to do that math. Yeah. So, really <laughs> um, like, no, thank you. Yeah. So he, he was two years and some change. Uh-huh. He does not talk. He's 100% nonverbal. Yeah. And he was going through a ton of medical appointments. He actually was diagnosed with epilepsy at that point, diagnosed um, with autism at that point um, and a cognitive uh, intellectual disability. So at that, he was just at the doctor so much. He missed a lot of outdoor time in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And then one day he was home and he just was like crying, walking around the house. And then he like grabbed my hand and he walked to the back door and he put my hand on the doorknob. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, but not right now. And then I went back in the house and he just kept crying. And then he came and he got me and he led me back to the back door and he put my hand on the doorknob again. And he, and I was like, no, but not right now. And I really wasn't looking at his face at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the third time he came and got me, he put my hand on the back door. And when he did, he looked at me with so much intention in his face and said, Mom, just take me outside. Oh, just take me outside. And like, even though like he could not verbally say that, mm-hmm. I said it all. Just take me outside. Mm-hmm. And it was snowing that day. So I, it was October, I think. So it was snowing. And I, I said, all right, bud, let's get your jacket on. I mm-hmm. put a jacket on and he just lit up. And the moment I opened that door and I let him go in that backyard, he just, he was like, this is what I needed. This is what made sense. This is, this is what I needed. Mm-hmm. And now to this day, like if he is really overwhelmed, mm-hmm. he'll go to the back door and he'll, he'll just ask somebody to open. Now he does know how to open it. So we have to, put, <laughs> we, we, have to be careful. <laughs> we have to put locks like way on top where he can't reach them, like hotel lock. Yeah. Um, but he will. And he does have a tablet now, so he does say that he wants to go outside. But that was the first time that he really intentionally yeah. communicated with me that I was able to see it. So that was the moment that I really knew that I was doing the right thing by taking my kids outside. How um, how has that changed your family by realizing like, hey, this is we have to do this. So before, uh, so my husband, he, he's an outdoor person. He loves to go hunting and things like that. He does not like hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, it hurts my knees and I, I don't like it. <laughs> but um, when he notices that my kids are overwhelmed or they're, yeah. Yeah. he's like, we need to get them outside and we need to take them outside. Um, yeah. And I've always been the outdoor person. So I'm like, yes, yes, I agree with that. So uh, he, 
my husband and I have kind of got on board together about how much our kids need to be outside. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. piece to that is uh, we, my teenager doesn't like to be outside, but I, I'm like, Jay, if we just go outside for a minute and then he, he gets, he's like, I hate it. But then when he gets out there, he's like, just <laughs> I'm like, I know what you need more than you do. Yeah. Yeah. So it really has changed our family because just knowing like there's mm-hmm. certain pieces that will never be made up inside. Yeah. yeah. So we have all the outdoor gear and I just, and it's, it could be cheap. It could be used. It could be, I mean, my kids have even gone out in the backyard with socks on their hands because they can't find their gloves. so have I (laughs) me too so like um as long as you know they're taking frequent breaks and making sure that they change like they're they're warm I'm okay with it but Mm -hmm. my kids want to be outside and I think like that constant let's go outside let's go outside has kind of instilled that in them if you're ever struggling if you go outside with nothing else and you just sit like, and just breathe. Yeah. My kids know that that will help them. I'm proud of you for modeling that behavior for them. And also for having that intuition to know what your child was, was saying to you. Um, Sometimes it's hard to listen as a parent. You're going to be talking at our summit about, I I don't, I don't even know. What are you going to be? Give us a little, give us a little tease, a little sneak peek. So presentation, like you said, I am a full-time student. I'm a military spouse. I have four kiddos. I'm also a special education advocate and I run my own business mm-hmm. and I write books in my free time. Yes. In your yeah. leisure time. In my, in you're, my, you're going on book number three, right? Two or two and three are coming out soon. Two and three are coming out soon. Um, Raising Outsiders is in February. Um, Claiming Strength Advanced Insights is February, March. But then I also wrote some children's books and they were really short, but those will be coming out at the same time as Raising Outsiders. So what I'm talking about though at the summit is embracing chaos or managing chaos. (laughs) Managing chaos is the... Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that sometimes we get overwhelmed mm-hmm. with life and then we don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So managing chaos. Yeah. And I am, have had a lot of practice. <laughs> You're a pro at managing chaos. Yes. Yes. But it's beautiful chaos. I think you have a beautiful life, at least from my perspective as your friend. Um, you have beautiful children, you have an amazing husband, you're doing really good things and you're a fighter, man. You should have just, you should have just, you, you, yeah, the odds, the odds have been stacked against you. Yeah. uh, Quite frequently actually. And then, you know, it's stacked against me, stacked against my kids Mm -hmm. because they are stacked against me. They're stacked against my kids. Yeah. They're stacked against my marriage. And my whole goal in life is to make sure that one day I will be a fantastic grandparent. <laughs> and I can't do that 
if I don't have good relationships with my kids mm-hmm. and I don't have a good relationship with my husband. Yeah. So managing the chaos is super important to me. And yeah. I want to share with everybody how to do that. I'm excited to learn from you because my life is not as chaotic as yours, but uh, there are elements of chaos in it. There's elements of chaos in everybody's life. Yeah. And it's just about how we manage that because if we let one element take over, mm-hmm. fire's nasty when it takes over. You know, because you're also a volunteer fire department firefighter. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> I have a lot of fire knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Fire and mountains, but- man. They can be an analogy for any damn thing that you're going through. <laughs> yeah, they can. But it's true. Like if if you let that one little bit of chaos mm-hmm. go unmanaged, it will it will eat your entire life. So yeah, yeah, you're crushing it. Um, Mel, <laughs> where can we go to learn more about raising outsiders? Learn more about bikes and blazers and all the things that you're doing. So I have two Instagrams because I can't join the two and I I like my name, so I don't want to get rid of them. I have two Instagrams. One is Raising Outsiders and the other one's Bikes and Blazers. So you can go to either one of those. Bikes and Blazers, I'm going to share more of my special education advocacy and the advocacy work I do to raise funds for various things with my mountain bike. And then Raising Outsiders, that's going to have more of my, my books from and my kids and outside adventures and things like that. Uh, bikes and blazers is more bikes and blazers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a mullet. It's like yeah, business in yeah. the front, party in the back. Yeah. And my daughter said, why are you dressed like that today? I was like, because I have no IEP meetings to attend. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I was like, I can be business one day. And the next day I just want to wear blue jeans in my hat. And I'm totally okay with that. If you're looking for something good to read, go check out Mickey's books. If you're, you know, um, if there's something she can do to help you get outside with your children, she will help you. That's just the kind of person she is. And that's why she's presenting at our summit. Once again, if you want to learn more about our summit, please head over to our website, hikelikewoman.com. Registration is open. So uh, go check that out. Um, Our, yeah, go check it out. Go register and we'll see you in the summit. Thanks so much. Catch you later.